Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sunday's You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. Tonight, on Gogglebox, we've been watching an awful lot of telly. Look at Carrie, she looks so happy. Yeah, I bet she does. Oh, here he comes. Oh, here he comes. Look, look at him. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Not good for you, is it? Thank you, thank you. It is clearly now the will of the Parliamentary Conservative Party that there should be a new leader of that party and therefore a new Prime Minister. Mm. Ah, both. 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 The process of choosing that new leader should begin now. And the timetable will be announced next week. And I've today appointed a cabinet to serve as I will until the new leader is in place. So oh, so he wants to stay then? Millions of people he's going to stay in place. Looks like he's going to try. I think carry on his shirt. Thank you Shavna didn't do his air. Poor the Boris. There's no subtitles. He's bigging himself up. Oh, too little, too late. Has someone sent a suitcase to get the woman for the leaving party? Uh, what I want to know, is there a removal van waiting? Watson. Yeah. <laughs> The opposition have the removal man waiting. Why is he bigging it all up? It's been a disaster. He's going to talk about, and we have David Beckham's left foot, David Beckham's right foot. Oh. This is Harry Potter. Oh, it's painful. Oh, look at Carrie's poor face. Did he let the cat out? I wonder what happens to the cat. Who gets the cat? I don't know. I think the cat's like the institute. I think the cat is the one stable of 10 Downing Street. That's the one that stays. He's going on and on and on about his achievements and how great the British public are. You know, oh, he was sort of... Yeah. He was just bigging himself up too much, wasn't he? Well, considering... And he doesn't look that upset. No. Do you think he looks upset? No. Where's the tears? Men can cry. Well, considering, like... All of his staff have upped and left pretty much and he's been abused by for party gay and everything else. He kind of should have toned down the achievements thing. He should have just been a bit more humble, I yeah, think. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are sitting at home thinking, well, I did as I was told. Yeah. I didn't 
to see my mum in hospital. You know, I didn't go to Australia to see my dying sister. And it's Carmelis. You know, he was all too quick to walk in, in Theresa May's footsteps. So is he going me. straight away or is he going to be a caretaker? No, he's hanging on. He's hanging on. He's, he wants to stay until there's a new PM. Yeah, but apparently there's, there's a timetable next week. Yeah, but he did say that he wanted to stay until the new one was in place. There is... There, I hate myself for this. Uh, there's a little bit of me that feels a bit sorry for him. Just a little bit. I do feel a bit sorry for him because it's a big job and he's had a lot of challenges and he's he's buggered up a lot of them. And I kind of feel a bit sorry for him. He wasn't expecting, was he, there to be a pandemic? No, no. And I think war. you have to be a bit fair. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's buggered up badly on a lot of ways, but it, it, it was all a bit of an, a baptism of fire for him. And I... I didn't hold out a lot of hope for Boris Johnson when he first sort of took the role because I just see him as a spitting image puppet. To me, Boris Johnson will always be this comical spitting image puppet that I struggled to take seriously. And I don't think he did himself any favours. Well, you know everyone thinks I'm lowbrow because I wear nice clothes and <laughs> yes. watch Love Island. If people had listened to me... <laughs> Because Lizzie's always right. In 2019... That's true. In 2019, I was sent by the Mail on Sunday to Birmingham for the first hustings in the battle to become leader of the Tories. So it was Boris up against Jeremy Hunt. It was. And I remember I sat in a row next to Camilla Long from The Times. And I have to tell you, she does not look like her byline photo. Is she photoshopped? Yeah, probably airbrushed <laughs> 20 years ago. So if people had listened to me when I wrote this piece... We could have saved all this misery. We could have saved all this malarkey. Yeah. You know, Carrie wouldn't have had to put up wallpaper. And what's she going to do now? Has she got the, the kettle out? Is she going to steam it off? Well, the amount it cost... I mean, we're actually saying that we paid for it, didn't we? Well, I did. Well, I think we all did, collectively. <laughs> I think it was so expensive that we all had to chip in. Is she unscrewing the light bulb? She looked really happy, though, didn't she, there? Well, I, I, she gets her life back, doesn't it? She goes off to be a normal person and have a life with her husband and, 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 and child and, and have a nice life. Why has she put a ribbon in the child's hair? I don't know. Do you know what? I don't do ribbons and I don't do ruffles. Anyone that puts ribbons in kids' hair, I've got a massive problem with. So this is my piece about when all you idiots chose Boris, you should have listened to Lizzie, highbrow Lizzie, for one day. So I'm in the hall in Birmingham. Soft jazz is playing. It's meant to calm us. It doesn't work. It's like being at a rock concert. A huge buzz of excitement washes through the crowd. Where's the mop top? Where? Finally, half an hour late, Boris came on stage. And the surprise was the reception was quite muted. He was in a suit and tie and spoke at the lectern for seven minutes. Most we'd heard before and it all felt quite rushed. I can't help but wonder, with the rushing and the mumbling, how European politicians will ever be able to understand him. But here the audience hung on his every word. Next up he did an interview on stage. His body language was off. He sunk in the chair, looking defensive. The first question was an obvious one. Why were the police called to your flat? 
Didn't start off well, did it, for him, really? Right from the beginning. He refused to answer. He went on about his character's traits. Brave, he said he was, determined, um, brave again. He was asked about the Sofagate incident again and again. It became clear he was not going to be pushed. He brought up his success as London mayor as reason why he should win the big one. Asked to describe the worst experience of his life, he talked about the London riots. He said he'd been on holiday when the violence broke out, but he came back and sorted it all out. Oh, well. Oh, and he delivered the 2012 Olympics. Yay! But Boris can't help glancing at his watch more than once. Perhaps that's why he seemed rushed. He just couldn't wait to get the keys to number 10. And all this business was holding us up. It's sort of like, you're a minion. Stop, get out of my way, get out of my way. He'd already decided he was in yeah. there, hadn't he? At one point, he even asked, how much longer have we got? And the whole thing felt a little old-fashioned. He kept talking about shouldering the wheel. He wanted us to compare him to Trump, even giving us a nudge. That's a warning sign, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to sound like the American president, but the problem was he wasn't even as good as Trump when it came to rousing the troops. He hedged his bets. He has anxieties about HS2, whereas later Hunt would say, that's happening. At the end of Boris's session, after taking a few questions, there was a standing ovation. But to me, it didn't seem quite as joyous as the one he enjoyed last autumn at the party conference in this very building. It was as though we had married the man, then got to the honeymoon suite to discover he picks his feet. You see, that's what we found out, isn't it? Ew, yes. But for his spectacular bust-up with Carrie, well, no-one seemed to care. Quite the opposite. People would have clapped him on his great big domed back. He's got back fat, back fat. He's got back fat. He's got back fat now. (laughs) We've all got back fat, Paul, not you. He will survive this. No one cares about a domestic matter, someone said. Then Jeremy Hunt, his rival for the leadership, bounded on stage like a puppy. The surprise? Jeremy Hunt no longer had the expression of a hedgehog who realises he's set poor on the M1. (laughs) I wrote in my piece that Jeremy Hunt reversed my menopause. On the afternoon it was published, I got a text... It was from Jeremy Hunt. Thank you, Liz Jones. I'm blushing. You flirted with Jeremy Hunt? He he reversed my menopause. And I told him, and he's blushing. Were we looking at the same bloke? Finger on the pulse. I'm wasted at the shallow end. (laughs) Oh, poor poor Boris. Now, there's bigger news this week, apart from... Apart from the whole... Democracy collapsing and (laughs) Carrie having to unscrew the light bulbs and all that's a hot one. The Mail Plus app has relaunched and it's now called The Mail Plus. The Mail Plus. The. And everything's all in one place. Actually, I really like it. It's It's, fantastic. It's it's much easier, isn't it, to navigate? Yeah. And because of that, there may be some of you, because of all the special offers and everything, who are new to the podcast, there might be a couple of people out there. You mean we haven't got everybody already? That's not on, is it? So just to update you so you're not confused, I'm Liz. I'm Nick. 
And there's a glossary here with the podcast. What do we do, Nick? We block people. Yes. We block, block him. anyone and everyone who's annoying. So we're going to block Boris. We're going to block Carrie. Exes. Exes. People who annoy us. DPD men. We block yeah. them. Yeah. If in doubt, block them. Word of the week we have, and it's quite often the word of the week, is chippy. That's Lizzie's. Chippy is her favourite. She loves Chippy. There are lots of Chippy people there are around lots me. Of chippy people. Chippy. <laughs> I always just think of it. Now, Liz says Chippy for Chippy people around her. I obviously just go to a bread bun filled with lovely chips with a splash of curry sauce. Another word of the week is moist. I try to avoid that. Because I'm very anti all the menopause campaigning and I think quite a few people, have, professors, have stuck up for me saying it's just a way to monetize and sell drugs and get women out of the workplace because who would hire someone who's sort of sweaty and got brain fog? So I kept for quite a few months going on about that fact I'm still moist. She did and I am a firm believer that the word moist should only apply to a cake. Not in any other nether region menopausal context. Now, Nick has often got brain fog. Welcome to my world. And so instead of saying anecdotes, in a Mrs. Malaprop way, she says antidotes. But it so works. So if you say, well, have you got an antidote, Liz, about Bruce Willis? I'll say I have. Yes. But it works both ways, doesn't it? Because it might be an anecdote, but it is also an antidote to, to the misery of our world. So it's antidotes. And lastly, the glossary of the LJ and NB podcast, we have Miranda Priestley moment of the week. We do. I have to say, I'm going to delve back into the Miranda Priestley moment that's my favourite, that when if you miss this, you, you've got to hear it, so I'm going to repeat it. You said your mum had one as well. I did. Did I, Miranda Priestley, your mum? If you don't know who Miranda Priestley is, I think you're probably listening to the wrong podcast and you don't need to go and listen to a podcast called Politics Today or The Menopause and Me. Oh, just just watch Devil Wears Prada and it'll all make sense. But my favourite one is when we went to get some food and Liz wanted the waitress to pick out all the sultanas out of her scone. That was my favourite. Yeah, but that was cooking, isn't that it? That was my favourite, to, to tweezer thing. the sultanas out of her scone. But that's no one. We have a new one, though. We have what a this week one. one. Oh, my mum's one. Well, it wasn't really a Miranda Priestley moment, but she said that she texted you to say that, that David Essex was on TV. And she told me about how she'd let you know because how much you love David Essex. It's David Cassidy. And you were always in love with him. And much David Cassidy. I know, but she was so pleased with herself. And when I said, no, Mum, it's David Cassidy, she was like, oh, oh. I did actually quite like David Essex. I remember as a child... He had a neck chief, didn't he? ...sneaking in to see his film he made... That'll be the day, I think it was, about a fun fair, And there was lots of sex in it. And I wasn't allowed to be in the cinema because I was underage. And he does have a cheeky twinkle. Oh, no, he does have a twinkle. I'll give him that. But do you want to know what this week's Miranda Priestley is? Because yeah. this, is, this is absolutely perfect Miranda Priestley. Liz sent me a message last night at 10 past 11 at night to talk about scheduling what time we will do the podcast. And... I was in the shower, so I didn't answer. I didn't see it until afterwards. And by 20 minutes later, she was so annoyed, she said she cancelled the meeting. <laughs> that is like as Miranda Priestley. That's Megan, actually. It's Megan. That's Megan. It's Megan. I've got Megan's hair. It's if you had visuals on the podcast, you'd know I've got Megan's hair. That's I've another got, thing, isn't I've it, got Megan? Me- I just think it's Megan's attitude. 
that why shouldn't she email or text people in the royal household at two in the morning? No, that's fine, and you do, but get in the ump because I didn't answer in 20 minutes when I could have been asleep. <laughs> that was very Megan. Very, then that is another one of our, our weekly things. Sometimes we're yeah. Megan and Harry. Yes, because Nikki's a little bit ginger. I have to be the bloke, basically. Liz always gets to be the nice, glamorous, attractive one, and I always get to be the bloke. So what have you been doing this week? Well, as well as watching the tennis, and I've got a new name for the women who watch the tennis, because you know we have wags at football. Yes. But tennis, you have twats. Tennis, wives and trophies. That's quite good, actually. Did you make that up? I made that up. That's quite good. So we got twats. And there was this woman watching the German player who was beaten by Nadal yesterday. And they kept complaining about the balls in the wind and everything. That was from her eyelashes. <laughs> she had such <laughs> false eyelashes. And she kept tossing her hair. And she had these really plump lips. And I just wanted the tennis ball to just smash her in the face. Well, it all sort of explode in a jelly fight. Why are thing. these women tennis matches? Why aren't they doing something useful? Well, if they're in a tennis match today, they'll be sweating a lot, won't they? It's really hot. That's not attractive if you've got a lot of makeup on. It just slides off. Oh, she was the worst. You the, do? She was the girlfriend of the American player who was beaten by Nadal Fritz, his name is. So she's sort of Mrs. Fritz or hopes to be Mrs. Fritz. Stop batting your eyelashes because that's putting me off, putting Nadal off. And I just love Rafa Nadal. I want him to win. You, can I break something to you? You know, like I had to break it to you. I didn't like the Beatles and yada, you don't yada, like Rafa Nadal? I bloody hate tennis. I hate it. I hate Wimbledon. I hate tennis. I hate it. I hate it. You don't like football either. I don't like football. I hate it. It's just pointless, bashing a ball from one end of a, of a bit of green to the other. But all those lovely young men running around, and look at Nadal, he's so handsome apart from losing his hair, but he's so lovely. No, don't do it for me, no. So that's another thing that I like that you're not going to be happy with. <laughs> but I've been reading a new book this week, and it's by an American author called Terence Real, which is a funny name, isn't it? it I don't is. know whether I'm pronouncing it right, and it's about marital hatred. Is that quite a thick book then? And he thinks that in a marriage, both of you are thinking really awful things about the other person. Yeah, I, can, I, I, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think and that's he said, fair. real marriage comes the day you realise that this person, your spouse, is exquisitely designed to stick the burning spear right into your eyeball. I sort of don't trust these happy couples. Do, do you know what I mean? Why are they? Why do they stay happy? What is it? I don't trust it. But I don't really want to be married if I'm next to someone in the bed and they're thinking horrible thoughts about me. That's not nice. But are you it? not thinking horrible thoughts about them? Yes, but then they're justified. I'm, th I'm lying in bed next to my husband and I think, why does he keep moving his arms? Why does he just have... Why can't he just lie still? I sleep like a corpse. Or sweat Why on can't you. he just lie still? Why do they have to get up to go to the room in the middle of the night? Why do men do that? Or disturb the cat. That really annoys me. When the cat gets on the bed, you have to move over so the cat has three quarters of the bed. But I remember I was on holiday in Devon and I had two collies on the bed and David got up and he went to the loo and he came back to the bed 
and he hadn't washed his hands, so I'm already thinking, <gasps> oh my God, I'm just don't thinking, touch what me. What does he do that I don't know about? Don't touch me. And then he got really huffy and puffy because he couldn't get back in the bed because Gracie was growling. Well, tough titty, go and sleep on the sofa. Well, she got her position in, didn't she? She was she was putting herself where she should be. But I think he, there's a really good paragraph in the book. He says it's about the West cult of individualism. You know, it's all me, 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 isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Born, the cult of individ individualism, see, we're highbrow again now. We are. Did you ever doubt it? somewhere back in the Enlightenment. And it has, Terence contends, produced since the 1950s, as well as me, a society of rugged individuals, largely domineering men, and romantic individuals, mainly women who big up their feelings. Such grandiosities as poisonous as low self-esteem, it leads to infidelity. Anyway, he thinks, he thinks the next step that culture should move into, and he teaches this, is how to stand up to your partner and cherish your partner and love them in the same breath. Now that's brand new for the culture. It's very difficult, isn't it? Because I think we're much more ag aggressive in a way of what we need as individuals and what we want as individuals within a relationship. And less compromising and less willing to sort of work together. It's kind of like, no, this is my right, I want to do this. No, my mum so just never complained, put up with my dad, didn't ask him to come home from the pub, did all the cooking, she never complained about anything. But we're a different species now, aren't we? we but I think generally people keep quiet about marital hatred, don't they? So generally... They're thinkingly simmering things. Why did he put the knife in the dishwasher like that? I've now cut my wrist on it. Or why has he not put the lid back on the toothpaste or whatever? But I think what I've done for the past 20 years is my innermost thoughts, my innermost dark thoughts, I put them on paper and publish them. Yeah. So my marital hatred was out there for the man to see, but most women just sort of simmer quietly, don't they? Or what they do, and it's certainly what I've done, I've simmered quietly and simmered quietly, and then it builds up and up and up, and all of a sudden there's this... You just explode, because it's just gone bang, you can't cope with it. That's You're supposed to be partners in crime, aren't you? You're supposed to be your number one person and to be there for you and support you and everything... So when my ex-husband, Nurple, wrote a piece in the Daily Mail, you know, suddenly I found out his marital hatred was thinking that I was vacuous and an old hag. Yes, but It's he, not very nice, He is it? also said that he was like your... Taking him as a trophy. And we've both seen Nurps. I mean, bless him and all, but he weren't much of a trophy, no. was he? You weren't aiming high. So I would take that with a pinch of salt, really. I'd take vacuous, you know, and just... Drop but it it's horrible to think you're lying there in bed on your lovely square pillows and the man next to you, as well as keep moving his arms, he's thinking, gosh, she's an old hag, gosh, she's not very moist, no, gosh, no. she's vacuous. Take moist out of the equation. We're not bringing moist into this podcast. Back and away. Nick, what have you been up to then, apart from answering texts in the middle of the night? Um, <laughs> or not answering them. I have been to see the Elvis film. I'm a bit late to the party. Everyone's seen it but me, I think. But it's so, not really Elvis, though. It's not really Elvis. And I was really, really looking forward to it because I was like, 
a massive fan of Elvis. I mean, I was seven when he died, and I, I really remember it. He was like, you know, you talk about David Cassidy. Now, Elvis was my first love in Blue Hawaii and as a GI singing Wooden Heart. He was what I was planning for my future husband. Right, it didn't that, go well then. It, it's not gone to plan, I have to say. It's not gone to plan. That was what I wanted, and I was so in love with it. Even at seven, I was so in love with him. And I remember when he died... I was devastated and every weekend after that there used to be a double bill um, of Elvis films and I sat with my nan and watched these what double was it bill you liked Elvis about films. Him? Well he was so handsome, I loved his voice, he was so handsome. It was just it was just this sort of So was the film rubbish? What was Priscilla like? Oh, I'll get back to this. No, the film was really good. It was wasn't what I expected. It actually really upset me. It really upset me because he was so he was he was so blessed. He was so creative. He was he had such a great voice, and he was so abused. And this is really what this film was about. Tom Hanks was amazing as as Colonel Parker, Parker, and he was just so abused. And it just made I, I ended the film in tears. I really did, and I it just shows that it doesn't matter how clever you are or talented or handsome and you should have everything you should have the world at your feet i think that every day about me yeah absolutely but all you have to do is have one person in your life that changes the trajectory of your direction and changes how you live your life and your life is ruined and and it's a cycle and these people are clever and they're manipulative and you can't get away from them and watching this film you realize that i think it's not had any happiness these talented people they attract people like that like i watched the documentary about brian wilson of the beach boys you know how much i love the beach boys yeah and he was literally kept captive yeah he wasn't even allowed out the house no Look at what happened to Michael Jackson as a child. Horrendous, absolutely horrendous. And I'll be honest, I'm a big Elvis fan. I love Elvis fan. (laughs) Kick crutch. Um, I'm a massive Elvis fan. But I didn't really know about all this, and it really, really upset me. And I was... At the end of the film, you see, like, this man in his in bed saying he's not responsible for Elvis, you know, dying. He's not responsible for him not having money and blah, blah. And you literally, if you could reach into the film and finish the old bastard off, you would. You, you're so angry and so defensive of Elvis. And it's absolutely tragic. And I think it just reminds me, it doesn't matter who we are, if we have a narcissistic person or a selfish or a manipulative person in our lives, it has the power to completely ruin your life. And I found it heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. But I did cheer myself up as I was leaving. Popcorn? No, not popcorn. Tom Crowe's. Tom Crowe's. He's back, is he? Tom Crowe's was in the Mission Impossible cardboard cutout. Did you steal it? Well, I tried. Come out and I'd take a mum and a friend, Beth, to to see Elvis. And there was no one in the foyer. So I'm creeping over there and my mum's going, come on, come on. And Beth's going... Nick, Nick, because she's ever so sweet, Bev. Nick, Nick, should we go? And I'm like, how does this come off? And so if I'd have had, and I was trying to see if I could undo it, because I thought if I could undo it, I could whip him under my arm. Then you could have Tom every night. I could have him in my bedroom exactly where he belongs. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You Magazine. 
Would you want to hear about this week's column? T- uh, tell us, what are you up to? I'm going to drive the traffic to my column. So you go from the podcast, then you go to the column. That's how it works. Because what you get, you Friday, get Friday, you get a glass of wine in the podcast. Sunday evening column in the bath, another glass of wine. Yeah, and you can insert all these little bits of knowledge that no one else knows into the column. All these little snippets, all the gossip. Do you know... No, stop it, doggies. I think Minnie wants a poo. Minnie is my collie who always wants a poo during the podcast. I think they're either... I'm not sure if they're playing or going to kill each other. No. (laughs) And the heading on this column is... And I haven't done this since about the year 2000, just after the... I double-parked. Do you want Almost. To, almost. There's nothing rotten if you're young, free and single, park away. I broke the habit of a lifetime last week and I sent my column to its subject matter before it was printed. I'm sick of spending Sundays hiding from my phone worried about the fallout. So I thought I'd head off fallout at the past. So I thought I'd head off said fallout at the past. I felt very brave. Didn't I say to you, I've been very brave today? That was quite brave. What would you have done if there would have been a hoo-ha? Printed anyway. No, I probably would have rewritten it. Would you? I don't want any more stress. I'm Mary J. Blige. No more drama. No more drama. No more more drama. So we get a new government and a new lease. This column that I sent to its subject matter, detailed me asking my ex if he wanted to get back together before I contracted cystitis with someone else in a boutique hotel. And they say romance is dead. I quoted, too, him telling me that he has gone into a steep physical decline but is at peace with his fate, i.e. to die alone watching the chase. So I was worried his children might read it and think their dad's on the way out. <laughs> Not helped at all by die alone watching the chase. That's, that's what would happen. <laughs> He'd asked me not to write about his physical decline, but I did. Hence, sending him the proof with its giant heading: "David drops a bombshell." No I really wish they would hide all the personal stuff in the small print up the side. He's so blind and can't find his spectacles; he'd never read it. Thankfully, it turns out he was fine with publishing everything. But then he said, won't the new man be upset to read you asked if I wanted to get back with you the night before you had sex and got his cystitis? What a tangled web we weave, Miss Jones. I hadn't thought of that. And I'm not completely certain I didn't say in this week's podcast, after sex with the new man, not this podcast, the one before, that I get more pleasure when he's not in the room. You did. You did. I said that all I need is a Morton Harkett poster and some peace. You did. Oh, dear. You did. Anyway, the unfortunate upshot of our conversation was that I invited him to stay for the weekend as it will be his birthday. Not to confuse anything at all. So people don't have birthdays anymore. They have birthday weekends, don't they? Like, they don't have hen nights. They have hen weekends. Everything's expanded. And birthday boxing day and birthday eve. Yeah, Gracie has both. If you say birthday boxing day to Gracie the collie, she gets really excited and starts jiggling on her paws. So I dangled a sweetener in front of him. A birthday weekend in North Yorkshire. 
and he made a miraculous recovery and replied, I will be there at 7pm on Friday and I will bring bread and gin. So one minute he's on the way out and the next minute he's bringing bread and gin. Oh, OK. Well, perhaps he's going on his way out with a happy face. I don't think he will expect sex, especially as he's gone into a physical decline. Although, this is quite saucy, this bit. This never used to be allowed in my column, this level of sauce. Although, when I typed, what do you want to eat, apart from me, obvs, he replied, obvs. Ouch. In a family newspaper. In a family, TMI. I think he was buoyed by the fact I'd written that he was so handsome when he was 31 that women fell at his feet, despite... The fact he wore double denim. He did wear double denim, actually. I think a lot of people... To be fair to David, a lot of people wore do- double denim I at that didn't. point. Well, no, nor did I. But, yeah, I think it was quite common, sadly. And he was buoyed by the fact I'd lusted after him since I was 21, all of which is a bit Lazarus-making. <laughs> His birthday weekend is only a week before I see the rock star in a warm-up concert in front of a small crowd before a big festival later in the summer. This is almost double parking, something I haven't done since I met my future husband and had sex with him on the first date when I'd only just started to date Azama Bin Laden. See, and you come across, oh, I was a virgin to me 30s. Now, you yeah, come across made all of this. Didn't you just? Anyway, at the warm-up gig, I will be sitting in seat AA. The rock star has slightly put me off by saying our room on the coast has a double bed and two single beds in it. Maybe they're for the collies. I'm not staying in a room with more than one bed in it. Who does that? You can't have a room with more than one bed in it. Yeah, but if you you get the ump, you can go and just get in another bed. No, you get a different room. Like when I went to Lionwood, I locked David out, didn't I? Okay, so you're like the Gucci version, I'm the Primark version. I just get in a different bed. <laughs> Who has a bed with three or four beds in it? That's just well, terrible. People have children, don't they? It's like or a hostel. Hollies. Anyway, so I said, does the room have a bath? Him. I think it has a shower over the bath. And you're not bringing the collies, especially the one on the pillow who kept growling. She did so in the full knowledge you couldn't hear her. Well done, Gracie. Gracie, Gracie. Well done, Gracie. Get an extra biscuit. And see, that's the one good thing about collies. They are contraception. Yeah. Not that you seem to want contraception, but they are contraception. I don't need it now. I don't need contraception, even though I am still moist. So I said quite crossly, do you mean Grace Kelly? I learned the names of your children, well, most of them. Still no idea what the little one is called. Him, that's a grandchild. I've no clue either. Anyway, White Pepper Man, is that over or not? See, I like him. I like him. White Pepper Man. White Pepper Man. I know I like this geezer. Do you know what I mean? He's got a sense of humour. White Pepper Man. Yeah, yeah. No, I like him. So we used to have White Van Man. We've now got White Pepper Man. Yeah. And do you want to know what my moans of the week are? Yes, come on. So Jones moans. I love moaning. A gastro pub you've patronised for 20 years asked to put your credit card behind the bar. What do they think I'm going to do? Leg it before the crumble? Yeah. I love that pay first thing. You, actually, no, I'll pay after when I yeah, check Yeah, even when you nice. get a coffee, they make you pay first. And yeah. I'll say, well, I'll see how you do it first. I'll see if you scratch your bottom. Yeah. Or if the food's nice. How can you... When you complain and you've already paid for it, 
What do you do? What you recourse could, have you got? You've you got nothing. 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 Give it back. <laughs> Self-service tills in the co-op. No, I like that. What else would you like me to do? Shall I water the cucumber and till the soil? No, I like a self-service till. Do you want my final moan? Go on, give it to us. In the alternate universe of parking apps at car parks, did you know that buying a one-day ticket to park at North Allerton Railway Station does not mean you get 24 hours? So suddenly, in the alternate universe of North Allerton parking... A day doesn't mean 24 hours. Yeah, I can never work them out. I literally can never work out. There was out. a big campaign recently by a lovely journalist after his dad died and his dad had a parking ticket because he got to the car park and they didn't take money and he didn't have an app and he didn't have a smartphone and it made him really stressed in the last days of his life that That's he had all these for. fines for parking and he didn't, have a, he didn't have an app, he didn't have a smartphone, he was in his 80s. No. So I hate them. But having said that, I've never got change, so I'd rather have the app and the smartphone. So you can't win, you can't please everybody. Every week, lots of you get in touch, telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Would you like to tell us about the letters this week? I would indeed. We have Amanda Cartwright this week. And she's Amanda. I like that name, Amanda. That's nice. Liz, I really enjoy hearing about your interviews with celebrities. It sounds like you've met some amazing people and have been to some fantastic places. Who has been your favourite and who would you love to interview in the future? Well, it was funny. I was reminded this week about my interview with Mary Helvins. I interviewed her twice, once in 2008, once in 2015. And both times in the interview, she told me she has no money. And her landlord was making her move out of her flat and she was quite worried because she had a cat. But that was a front page splash on the Daily Mail this week saying she's going to have to work in a Whole food supermarket because she's got so little money. But I actually... You were there first. I actually got a scoop. Yeah. And it wasn't appreciated at the time. Well, it, was, it, it might have been, but it was a scoop. She told me twice yeah. she has no money. Yeah. And she had to rent and she'd left the marriage without any money and she had to take her cat. And it's so hard to rent when you've got cats. It's not fair, is it? You work hard and people think you're successful and you've got sod all. It's not fair. But I think my favourite person I've interviewed... She's deep in thought now, going back through the archive. Yeah, it's not David Cassidy because he was just an arrogant ass. Well, I you think... have been going through his bin. Yeah, but he was an arrogant ass anyway. Um, I think my favourite has been Bruce Willis, because he had a twinkle. Yeah, I like Bruce Willis. He is very twinkly. So who would you like to interview in the future? <sighs> Who's up there on your wish list? Morton Harkett. Oh, for God's sake. He's never going to let you interview. If he, if he ever got wind of, like, this He's going to get wind, because I would say, along with moist and chippy, the most common word, if the FBI are listening on this podcast is Morton Harkett. 
Yeah, and Tom Cruise, I have to say. But then when I die, I'm going to be his wife. Right, so we have Mark who says, Hi Liz, question for you. If you wasn't... We've got a lot of questions this week. People are very interested. If you wasn't a writer, what would you want to be? And I'm from Southend too. Yay, go Southend. So it's me, Mark, Helen Mirren. Anyone else? Is she a Southend girl? Yes, yeah, she is. Oh, I love Helen. If I wasn't a writer, I always wanted to work in a post office. And I said this, there's this lovely lady who works in the post office in Richmond in North Yorkshire. And every time I go in, I say to her, oh, can I stamp something? And it's all so ordered and regimented. And I love stamps. I've got my book of Paul McCartney stamps. I bought them on the day they were released. Okay. So I would... (laughs) Uh, Okay. I'd like to work in a post office. Although when I was a teenager... I was so horse mad, I applied to be a trainee dressage rider in France. But I didn't even get an interview. So, hang on, let me get back to the post office. So, all the wonderful careers <laughs> in the world, you want to sit in a post office stamping? I Sometimes the woman lets me stamp things. You do know your attention span, that will get very boring very quickly. And as a child, I had a toy post office, and I was telling my friend this over a scone, actually, my friend Isabel, and she had a toy post office as well. And I thought me wanting to be a barrister when I was I thought was you were going to say ballerina. Well, that's no. not going to work, is it? <laughs> well, I could be a ballerina. I could be Dawn French's ballerina when she did it with Darcy Bustle. I'd be that version. Well, fantastic. We should do that. We should do that, actually. We should do the Dawn French Darcy Bustle thing where they have the mirror it's and a Christmas side. Should we do a Christmas we special? We should do a podcast Christmas special of Swan Lake. All right. Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.